0: And now, your hosts for today's show.
1: Hey everyone, Michelle McCullough here. It has been so fun joining you every single week for new shows of The Living Room, but I have another project that is coming out that I am so excited about. My book, The Make It Happen Blueprint, is being published through a publisher, and it is now available on March 21st, and I am so excited. A project I've been working on for so long, but I want to tell you how this book came about. As you know, I have this podcast. I also have The Make It Happen podcast and the managing director of Startup Princess, and I'm also a speaker, and people kept saying to me, Michelle, how do you do it all? Well, this book is the answer. In it, I've included my favorite success principles that will help you, whether you're ready to just rock it as a stay-at-home mom, or if you have a business or hobby, you're ready to take it to the next level. This book will give you tips, tools, and ideas in all aspects of success so that you truly can take that dream and make it happen. It's available at amazon.com, at target.com, and also available on my website at speakmichelle.com. Thank you so much, and I wish you all the best as you make it happen. Hello and welcome to The Living Room. I am your host today and I am Michelle. I wonder sometimes when I think about the, these shows, I wonder do you know our voices by now or <laughs> no. do you think we're lame when we introduce ourselves? <laughs> or I know there's always new people too. So I'm Michelle, but I'm also joined by Jana and Jody. And we are excited for this conversation today. Um, as you know, through the course of the time that we have been on this show, we each have different things that we do. Jody is a writer and um, also has a lot of charity and charitable causes that she's involved with. Jana is an artist and also teaches at the university. And I have a marketing and consulting business, and I also travel and speak all over the country. And by the way, while we're on the subject, I have a book coming out. Yes, you do. That I'm very excited about. So we wanted to share and have a show today about how we do all of that. Because I hope that one thing that you get from us is that we really care about our roles as mothers, as wives, and as women. And through all of that, we also have these other ventures that we're running in addition to this podcast. And so today we're going to talk about um, a little bit about what people always say. How do you balance everything? And I remember after I had my first child... And I was still running some businesses and things. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be awesome because I quit quit working corporate to be home with my baby. And I thought I was going to be able to work on my businesses all the time. And turns out babies are a lot of work. And <laughs> I, I, I didn't yep. get to work on my businesses very much. And um, I remember my supportive husband would come home from work for the day and say, hey, how did it go? Because I tell him all these big plans that I was going to work on my business. And I used to say my day was not my own. Over and over and over again, I'd say my day was not my own, and this went on for a long time till yeah, I had baby number two, yeah, yeah, and I also had a lot of church responsibilities and other things going on. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, I'm doing something wrong. I've got friends that have five kids and bigger businesses and other things. What am I doing wrong? And so I remember saying to uh, my friend, Danielle Laporte, I'm like, I can't find balance. And she goes, oh, honey, balance is a myth. You need to focus on priorities. And in that instant, something clicked for me. Like, I always got priorities. Priorities work for me. From the time I was 12 and had my very first Franklin Day Planner to now I get priority. I get prioritizing to-do lists. I get prioritizing goals. And so from that point on, I realized that it wasn't really about creating balance and that everything wasn't about spending the equal amounts of time Mm -hmm. um, or even equal amounts of mental time. But just about finding the ways that when some, sometimes something with work is busy and crazy and that needs my priority and other times things are lighter with work and my kids are 100% my priority and I can focus on things in my business. So today we're going to talk about the life balance myth and we're also going to share with you some tips and tools and things that we have used through the years and probably some things that do not work just it just if you wanted to know. But the best part about all of this is is that you get to create the, the things that work right for you and one of the things that I had to realize through that process of looking at other people and comparing the way that they were doing things is that I had to do it my way. I had to figure out how to make my businesses work within my family that were right for me. And so that's the exploration today that even if I share with you something that did not work for me, that might work for you. And so we're going to dive into this conversation. Um, And what I want to start with is I want you each to talk about how, how many kids did you have? How old were you when you were doing things on your own? Or did you always have your side businesses and side opportunities from the time before your kids.
2: Gianna? I have three kids. I have always had a gig going on the side, always had multiple jobs, I think. And um, in fact, I was just looking at a scrapbook the other day, and it was a picture of when our third son was born, and I was nursing him in the hospital, and my um, head was crooked to one side because I was on the phone with a client at the same time. (laughs) Put some caption like my crazy mom talking to clients in the hospital and with every baby I was talking to clients in the hospital. Even like between contractions, breathe, breathe, breathe. Yeah, your envelopes will be delivered Tuesday. Like uh, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> because entrepreneurs don't get maternity leave. They no, you don't. <laughs> yes. I had zero days off Ooh, with great. every baby. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. It, it's it's funny and crazy, but it's what worked it for was us. Real, it sure. was real and life. and we were in a we were in a situation where my husband had just graduated film school, and that's a real up and down career. So I was the primary breadwinner. We depended mm-hmm. on my design studio uh-huh, income, uh-huh. and it was it was there was crazy times. Yeah. Sure. Really, really crazy. Yeah. But for me, it worked because I was at home. And I was home with my kids. I had employees so that if I had to run to the school I could do that. That uh-huh. worked for me. Sure. It gave me a lot of flexibility. I did a second shift. So when I put the kids to bed, I'd go into the office and work again till midnight. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of regular, you know, but yeah. that worked for us too. And you just
3: kind of you just kind of figure it out. Yeah. If you have to do what you have to do, you have to do what you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, what about you, Jody? So I have four children ranging in ages from 12 to almost 21. I worked uh, in corporate America for six years before I had my first baby, and so um, put my husband through school, and really, really, you know, enjoyed what I enjoyed what I was doing. But boy, that baby got put in my arms, and I remember being in the hospital, and the we had um, a film crew was coming to film me and the baby because oh, I, worked for, <laughs> I worked for I worked for a company that had a satellite network, and so I was the anchor for this training. Mm-hmm for the satellite network. And, um, and so they were coming to show, you know, Jody's baby and everything. And, and of course it's your first baby. And you know, you're just like happy to show uh, literally. literally just, I was like, bring good morning America. I don't care. (laughs) I'm just, I had a baby. Oh my gosh. But what changed right then in that moment was like, Oh, I don't want to be apart from this little person, you know? know? And so as soon, and, and I, and my plan was to become a stay at home mom. But I, like you, Michelle, I had no idea what that would look like or, feel like, or, you know, I just thought, you know, babies would, you know, you'd snap your fingers, you'd be like, oh, it's nap time, you know. <laughs> And um, so working corporate and then moving home to work part-time and so forth, it was a challenge and so forth. Then over the years, it took about two years to completely become a stay-at-home mom, and then I started accepting some freelance, and I like what you said, gigs. And then (laughs) my work kind of became more um, philanthropic and into volunteerism, but I've always kind of had what you call like your little pinky toe, you know, in the water, But um, and I've just worked it around my family, but I've also had to have seasons where there's been seasons where I've been able to be involved and be able to do things. And then there's been seasons where I've needed to absolutely cut back and say that doesn't fit right now. So, um, and I, you know, I've been married for 26 years with these four kids. And so I, have kind of experienced what has worked, what hasn't worked. And I do like what you said. It's really a personal thing about what, what works for you might not work for someone else. And, and I also think we have to throw out there that, Hey, if you don't want to have a gig, don't worry about oh, yeah, it. Sure, you don't have to. You know, yeah. and you know it, it's it's totally personal. Mm-hmm. I think I think the best advice I got was just recently, where um, a woman said to me, a really really dear friend, she said, I have to ask myself what is truly sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yes. What truly can I sustain? And that has helped guide me, especially in this last um, year, as my health has been an issue. But I I love that, and I think that can kind of drive anyone's thinking in terms of what's this balance myth? You know, what is truly sustainable, and what are your priorities that you want to sustain? I love that question. Yeah, no, I love that.
1: And I also think that as, as you think of sustainability even, um, I think that we, some of us, because we are amazing, hardworking, don't hold us down, you can't put a pin in me, women, sometimes, that it's easy to go, okay, I'm going to do all of these things. And at the same time, part of sustainability can also be ramping up, right? And so what el- And figuring out how to avoid burnout because I think that whether you are running a business or whether you are a mom home with kids all day long or you're doing both or you are just working on some of your own talents and skills that you want to make room for, I think part of the conversation is how do you do the things that you want? How do you manage your time in a way that is sustainable long term but or you can ramp up to it but also without figuring out without burning out and figuring out how you can sustain the things that you want to do and so the question that I want to ask you next is did you ever have a chance or an opportunity where you got to experience burnout what did you learn from that I mean hypothetically speaking of course Um, what did you learn from that that now you do differently so that you can have the energy and Mental clarity that you need to run your many
3: activities. Pink swig cookies and dirty diet cokes do not sustain burnouts. <laughs> they make it worse. I that. True. Although uh, now and again I have to have one of those, you know, but um, I think admitting that you do have burnout is the most important aspect of it. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to happen to everybody, but yeah, it happened to me and it's happened a couple of times and I've learned. I do it better now because I go, you know what? I'm I'm burning out and I just I just shut it down. And because I'm not a business business, I can do that. Michelle, it's probably totally different for you because you can't just go, "Oh, you know what? Taking, you know, a month off or I'm taking two months off." But, you know, for me the recognition is important and it goes back to my my body starts to tell me Mm-hmm. Because of my health issues, and I have to listen. But yeah, mentally, I don't like to burn out. It isn't a it isn't a good feeling, and it. Oh, I mean, if I could describe it, it would be my worst. You know, your worst day. But the reality is, is that, it, it you, you you do, get out of it. Um, but the worst the worst burnout that I had, I had to really admit to myself. I had to say, you know what, I, I don't have anything in me right now, and it it took me a year to start writing again and it's okay mm-hmm. yeah. and I just had uh, really close people and a good husbands saying hey you'll you'll write again why are you demanding something let God give it to you when he's going to give it to you mm-hmm. and um, I just you know need to not turn to the pink sugar frosted cookies and dirty diet cokes immediately you know because those don't solve everything only just on a Tuesday when you're just a little stressed out <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about you Jenna burnout Oh, I'm a big time burnout person. I think that I'm really good at pushing through a deadline and then I have a notorious deadline crash. And it's it's sometimes it happens like after a show, I work really hard to get a show up and then I, uh, I can't look at a paintbrush for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just done. You know, and it was really helpful for me to talk to Brian, because just think about that and realize that he gets show burnout, too. You know, it's normal. But um, there are lots of times where I'll push through a deadline and then just no. But I realize there are a couple of things that feed burnout for me. And one of them is if I if I let the things that sustain me. Um, if I'm dropping those balls, then burnout comes sooner. If I'm not taking care of myself, if I stop working out or whatever, then I'm on a really quick path to burnout. And also, um, if I start resenting things that I've agreed to, then I realize that I've taken on too much and that I'm in a burnout place and I need to regroup.
1: Yeah.
2: I like that. You just covered
1: so many things in there. And I, these are my non-negotiables right yeah right so and i've learned these over the over the years like what do i have to do to to not just survive but thrive yeah right yeah yeah. and i realized that i was on a survival mode i was running Mm -hmm. from one thing to the next and that doesn't mean that i completely figured this out and that i don't do that anymore because i do sometimes but you're more aware but i'm much more aware about the things that i need to do that what i call are my non-negotiables like you talk about what are the things that you need to make sure that you don't get to that burnout point. My number one for me is sleep. Like I have to sleep. Like I used to be the kind of person that could stay up until two or three o'clock in the morning. And now I can do that rarely. Like I can do that maybe once a month where I can go, I'm, I'm in a groove. I'm like you, I put the kids to bed. I work from eight to midnight, but if I'm not in bed at midnight and then I don't, and I have to wake up before 7am. I struggle mm-hmm. and yeah. just acknowledging that my body needs that sleep and that I need to have that done. Um, other things for me, like you said, exercises is, is important to me and it doesn't have to be 90 minutes at the gym. Oh, it can no. be a walk. It can be a hike. It can be um, something that I do at home, but exercise helps bring some of those things in. And so I think part of the conversation about avoiding burnout is what are your non-negotiables? Mm. What are the things that you always have to do that you know that you acknowledge and that you know that you need to maintain your health and your energy? And it's interesting because I have been working with entrepreneurs for about 10 years now and doing consulting for people all across the world. And it's interesting, while I hear women especially, men don't say this, by the way,
2: yeah.
1: women will say, well, I have to sacrifice X in order for this to work. Right. I have to sacrifice bubble baths or I have to Mm -hmm. sacrifice reading books Mm -hmm. or I have to sacrifice or my businesses won't work. And I used to believe that for Mm -hmm. a while. And I think now I think that's total hogwash. You can't. You can't sacrifice who you are you can't sacrifice the things that you love to do without finding resentment in mm-hmm. your life, even if you choose it. Even mm-hmm. if we choose entrepreneurial ventures, even if we choose um, a corporate job that is the right thing for us, whatever it is that you choose, if you're sacrificing the things that matter most to you, then you will never find joy and fulfillment in what you're doing. And so right. I have a friend who um, has had an awesome job. Things were great. She's an artist, and she had no art outlet. And she's like, I don't have time for that. And I said, that's the wrong answer. The wrong, you have to figure out how to put the things that you love into your life in some way, shape or form. And whether that's 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes a week, whatever it is that you can do or can't do, but you have to figure that out because that's part of your Mm non-negotiables who I am as a person. I still, I know this is embarrassing, but I still scrapbook once a year. (laughs) Like I figured out that I could not scrapbook all the time. I used to do it once a month, but I scrapbook once a year. I go away for four days. I just came back from a scrapbook weekend. I need it for a few reasons. I need it because I love it and I love memories and I love traveling and I love putting it all together. But I also need it for my kids. Like I want my kids to see the things that we're doing. I want my kids to remember the things that are going on. I want my kids to see those parts of our lives and have a remembrance of the fun memories and the things that we have. And so that to me is a non-negotiable. And it's interesting because the busier I get with work, the more um, speaking engagements that come, speaking engagements ebb and flow. And I wish that there were more of them. And I wish that I could control when they want to come. But it without fail, when we set the date to go to Scrapbook Weekend, I will get two speaking gigs that same weekend. (laughs) Oh, always, yeah. And I'm like, come on. Can't it be the week before or the week after? But it can't. But I have found that, um, and I've done it before where I've sacrificed Scrapbook Weekend for work because it's a great opportunity. But then it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work in my life. It doesn't work because I'm giving up the things that are, that are the most important. So as you're thinking about your entrepreneurial ventures or your talents and skills that you want to spend more time on, or even if you're trying to figure out how to balance a corporate job, come up with your non-negotiables and put them down. And some of them, like I also call this um, this exercise the playlist, like as people who work and have so many things that we're doing, we get caught up in that. And for a lot of us, it's a joy, right? I do what I do because I love My job. Mm -hmm. I do what I do because it makes me happy and brings me fulfillment. Um, But at the same time, it's still work and Mm -hmm. it's still things that I have to be responsible for, it's still deadlines that I have to meet. And so finding uh, something from my playlist that I can say, okay, if I have five minutes, I can read or if I have 10 minutes, I can um, play a game with my kids. And or if I have this, I can write or whatever it is that you come up with your playlist and you've got pedicures and bubble baths or whatever it is for you, hikes, that you have something from your playlist and that you're choosing and pulling from that on a regular basis because we need to have both of those pieces in our lives. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit and shift gears as we lead to the end of this call about what I think people struggle with the most whenever they're dealing with varying ventures and things that are going on, which is time management. So what kinds of tips or strategies do you have for people who are wanting to bring more things into their lives or figure out how to make better sense of their ventures? What thoughts and tips do you have about, um, taming the clock? Ah, that's a good phrase. I like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. It never slows down, by the way. No, no it, it doesn't. Even if you want it to. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, once I prayed for it to slow down, and it did. Oh.
1: <laughs> I actually had one experience. Like that. I should say that there was one
2: miraculous day. Yes.
3: I, I think taming the clock for me looks like, again, that sustainability question. When I get really rigid and say, four hours, this is what I'm going to do. And every... Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Here's my block of time, and and I get frustrated when it doesn't work out to be that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, I still I still will set aside time and so forth. But um, for me, writing comes when. I feel the inspiration. And so sometimes that is early in the morning mm-hmm. and my body will automatically wake up and thoughts start flowing. And I'm like, you're really gonna have me write this book at 5.23 every single morning for six months. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Cause I write inspirational. And so, but I've learned to listen to that voice, but I, I've learned to surrender that I can't I, I can't force it, but I also have to make the space for it. And if all of my day is totally filled and I've got it packed in so tight, That inspiration doesn't come. So for me personally, um, I have to make space, and um, and that may mean that I just block off some time, and I say whatever happens in that time, and I'm going to be creative. But it may not be writing. But I'm going to do something to create. Um, But I, I have to go back to that sustainability. What realistically? Can I sustain so that I'm not beating myself up and saying, oh, you're not accomplishing because then we become our own worst inner critic. And so I think it's that positivity that says, what what does it look like for you to achieve X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And you're not on anybody's time schedule, but your own. Right. And so be be kind, be generous to yourself, but you know, also require of yourself that you're going to set some space apart.
2: I like that. One of my non-negotiables is, um, and this sounds so basic, taking time to connect with the people in my life. And mm-hmm. sometimes, if you're just tearing through the day, and it's "I love you," goodbye, and that doesn't so work true. for me. No, I I have to have a couple of minutes of sitting on the couch and "How are you really?" You know, those those kinds of things that really matter to me. And and looking each other in the eye, and and making sure that. The kids are really opening up and not just moving through the day. Yeah. So the, that's that's one for me. I'm actually really terrible at time management. I can admit that, right? <laughs> I'm really good at keeping my schedule, um, for the things that are scheduled, and for the things that are not scheduled, I'm not super good at managing that. I'm. When You're I'm an artist, I I read a book once that gave me the best peace of mind ever about this. It said, creative people have absolutely no concept of time. And I went, oh, yeah, that is me. (laughs) And it passes, and I have no idea, and I'm in my muse, and then, you know. So I'm really not good at it at all. But I try really hard to get to the things I'm supposed to get to when I'm supposed to get there. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. You can you know, help me, maybe. I know. Michelle, I know that you've got great suggestions.
1: Share. Well, I'm a big fan. Like, and you kind of talked about this too. I'm a big fan of time blocking. That whether you just get started, whether you're just getting started and you're working five hours a week, or if you work fifty hours a week by choice, that you block out the times that you're going to work. You know, people will come to me and say, "I know I really want to do this business, but I don't know how to get started." And I say, "Well, how many hours a week can you give it?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, well, I can give it twenty hours a week." And I'll say, okay, I want you to try it. I want you to yeah. try 20 yeah, hours yeah. a week and I want you to see what that looks like. And I want you to keep track of your time mm-hmm. and figure out when that time is. Because what I love about this day and age is that we can work all day and all night. Like in in the olden days, you had to go to an office to have a phone or you had to do something else. And now we have everything we need in our houses with the internet, a laptop computer and a telephone that you can do everything that you need at any given time. And so figuring out what, when you're going to be spending that time is also important. Like what are the routines that your family has? What works for you? What doesn't work for you? And I remember um, I used to, my routine when, when my son was a baby was that I would get up and, I would nurse him and then I would immediately check my email and that was just my schedule. That's kind of how it worked. That was the first thing I would do. And so I could just, it wasn't hanging over my head and I wasn't thinking, Oh, what's in my inbox. And so I would immediately check my email and then we would go throughout the day doing whatever. Well, as he started to become a toddler, um, he would stand and I used to have my laptop standing up on a desk that was tall and I would stand there and do my email. Mm -hmm. And once he was a toddler, he would just, pull on my pants all day long, all morning long. Mm -hmm. We'd be like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, just a minute, just a minute. Mommy, 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 just a minute, just a minute. And I remember sharing that with my friend, um, Laura Galloway, who is also a mom entrepreneur. And she was like, kids, entrepreneurs, kids can't tell time because we always say, just give me five minutes. Right. And it ends up taking a half an hour or an hour. So they think five minutes (laughs) is only 30. Right. Right. Um, but I remember figuring out that I needed to find a schedule that worked with my kids, and that. That, that schedule changes a lot. And that's hard for me because I'm way into time management. I'm way into scheduling. But I have to say to myself, okay, if I'm working 20 hours a week, that can happen at any time. It doesn't have to be at the same time. And I remember realizing, right. wait a minute, this schedule has changed. My son's schedule has changed. And what I figured out is if I do breakfast with him and then I play with him for an hour... Then he's sick of me and he will go off and do his own things. But in the morning, for whatever reason, he needed me. And so I had to shift with the routines that work with my family and still figure some things out. And then I had and it was a little bit hard for me mentally to go, oh, no, there's things in my email. But once I got into that routine of going, "Okay, we wake up at about seven ish, we do breakfast, we do playing, we do whatever, and I'm getting to my email at about nine instead of eight. It turns out. It's, it's fine it's totally fine it's totally it's fine yeah and so fine sometimes I think that we we when I when I tell people you need to schedule your time or you need to do time blocking or you need to choose how many hours that you have to railroad through that and I don't think that's the case mm-hmm. the best time management system is the one that you'll use so whether you are in a physical planner or you do it on your phone or you have a big wall calendar where you keep everything however you do it you just need to do it in a way that works for you Absolutely. and forcing something that doesn't work for you won't Ever work, and it won't make you feel good. If it's not going to work for you, if somebody handed you a day planner, Jenna, and said you need to use this, and it didn't work for you, that there's nothing that anyone can say that will
3: make that work yeah, for you no 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 don't no. look at the grass is greener on the other side no you no know, you just look have at to your pick your and say this is the color of my grass and it's hard not to compare but really we really we, we learn we want to see what other people do and take in all the good you know and take advice and whatever but then not go master planet after their exact style right but be okay with what your mm-hmm. style is but be like you said be okay to tweak it seasons of, oh, children and everything. I mean, I I worked from home, and I love the memories and the pictures that I have of my little daughter, you know, two years old, literally on her little play school plastic desk, and she's finger painting all over, and it's a mess, and finger painting is on the wall, and I'm on the conference call because that's what I had to do, and um, you'd hear her in the background, but I treasure, I treasure that I was with her, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we'd go off to the park because mom was done, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, there's been times when I've been an absolute 100% stay-at-home mom. And you know, every day was park day or you know party day, as my husband called it. He's like, "That's what you really do." Is you are stay-at-home mom, party mom. I love your job, <laughs> Great. but you know, but that worked but that's what I did at that time. So I, you know, time management. We'd love to manage it, but sometimes surrendering to what works for you at the different seasons, I think, is a is a mm-hmm. twist that would help us in our mindset. Well, yeah. and I
1: believe that. Um, time is your greatest asset in your business nice. and in your life, right? It's not money, it's not your employees, it's not even you. Like, but time can either be a liability or it can be an asset. So however you invest it really matters. Mm-hmm. But that said, I also think there's a there's a mirroring and a marriage of what are the things that need to be done with the time that I have to do them. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back to that priorities category, I'd never get all the things done in a day that I that I want to do, um, even if, even with the best laid plans and even when everything perfectly aligns. But the other part of that is saying, so I've broken down my things into daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. There are so many things that I do on routine that need to still happen, but then they don't happen if they just go on a to-do list. So if I can make and break them down into dailies, weeklies, and monthlies, well, then that's a lot easier to do. Here are the daily things. Here are the weekly things. And then it's easier to plug those in. But the same thing works with my family. Like I have weekly dates with my husband, and that's just as important as weekly things that I need to take care of on social media. And I have daily challenges check-ins with my kids and times that work with them and nighttime is important in the bedtime routine. And so part of figuring out that, what n- daily, weekly, and monthly needs to happen in your business is also what daily, weekly, and monthly needs to happen in your relationships mm-hmm. because that's the thing that can't be sacrificed and that's the mm-hmm. relationship that will stay that's or what won't about. Yeah. If you, whether or not I'm making money or meeting with clients. So we have like a couple minutes left. What did, What's your last little share for any lady out there who's wanting to do
2: something more and doesn't know how to do it? You know, the one thing that really worked for me was something that you brought up earlier, in a sense, which is just kind of a priority mindset rather than a clock or a schedule mindset. And I would just tell myself that I had maybe 14 clients, but my husband and my kids were my most important clients. And I would drop anything to pick up their call or their request. And that really helped me to just say, okay, that baby in the other room is my most important client. Whatever he needs, I'm going to take care of first mm-hmm
1: okay. and I I stopped apologizing for answering calls from my kids yes and if yes. I was sitting with an important yeah. client I would just say this these are my this is the school calling give me just a minute to make yeah. sure everything's okay exactly and not apologizing yeah. for it and that's okay because that's part of my priority and that's
3: part of who I am yeah I love it. Uh, my last little tidbit would just be don't look at it that it has to be perfect just that it has to be progress you mm-hmm. know um if if you expected the day to be the color orange and it turned out to be blue, you know, go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, my motto is give space for grace, Mm -hmm. (laughs) save space for grace, you know, look at it and say, I, I, it's, it's a plan. It's something to shoot for. But if it doesn't turn out exactly like that, it's okay. A, a perfect idea would be looking at it as a painting. Maybe Jana, you've envisioned a painting one way, and all of a sudden you end up with it being a little bit different. And they're never what you, know, you see in your head. Mm-mm. Oh, see, never. So yeah. I just, hey, that's a good analogy. Yeah. I think. Um, I think so too. I, that gives me less anxiety because I, I will get anxiety-driven, you know, and mm-hmm. a, full of angst if I start pushing. But I still have to find that balance between. I do need to discipline, I do need to, you know, have these things set, but at the end of the day, I need to give love to my husband, my children, my dog, mm-hmm. <laughs> my loved ones, my friends, and be whole, because those are the things that, again, that's what truly sustains me, and this other piece of me is a part of me that also sustains me, but what truly, truly sustains me is is that is that idea that I have those loved ones to kiss and hug at night and pray with and sit down to dinner with. Yeah.
1: And I think that, you know, to me, my life is messy. Like yeah. even, even though sometimes yeah. I feel like I have everything all together and I'll have people say, Oh my gosh, I don't know how you do it. You look like you have everything all together. I'm like, Oh no, no, I'm a hot mess. Like <laughs> any, yeah. any illusions that you have that behind this, yeah. when I stand up on a stage right. is perfect. Yeah. is an illusion uh-huh. that uh-huh. even I cannot uh-huh. maintain. But It's interesting because I think one of the things that happened best for me, as I told you that I used to say my day was not my own and it would be the neighbor down the street calling or it would be somebody else or my sister-in-law or whatever needed to happen. And I remember one day realizing that I was giving away too much of my power and I was giving away too much of like letting somebody else and decide things for me, but. I didn't mean that in the sense that I was choosing it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I realized that I think helps me the most is taking a hundred percent responsibility for my life and for my day and never blaming yes. anyone else for what happens. And that if the neighbor calls down the street and needs something that if I say yes, I'm choosing that.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: if my child doesn't take a nap, And I don't get to have things happen the way that I wanted it to be. And that means I need to get more done between 8 and midnight. That I'm choosing that. And that part of the success that I think has come for me is recognizing that I have more control than I give it credit for. And that as long as I see that everything is outside of my comfort zone or outside of my control zone, then I am not as successful as when I just say, if something comes up or something else happens, I'm going to choose that and not do any blaming. Mm-hmm. And that it is mine. I think that that made all the difference for me and make in realizing that my priorities were mattered the most. Yeah. And that if I chose them, that that was was going to work. So yeah.
2: that really works. for You me can't too. end
3: without mm-hmm. telling us a little bit about your book, because this is exciting. Oh.
1: Yes. Yeah, so my book to make it Happen blueprint um, releases in March. It's very exciting. It's available on Amazon on target on Barnes and Noble. It's getting a limited airport release too, so I'm really excited about that but it's a lot of fun and, and as I think about the way this happened and the way that it came about it really has been a lot of miracles and I'll share more about that on our Facebook page because I know our time is limited here today but thank you so much for listening and joining us on this journey of The Living Room thank you for the ways that you have shown up to listen to share and to be part of our community we are so glad that you're with us and we hope that you'll continue this conversation and share with us on the Facebook page the things that are working for you and the things that because um, you probably have tips and advice that we can use as well so we wish you all the best for your family for your businesses and for your talents and hope that you will give yourself some living room
0: thanks for coming to the living room we hope you've enjoyed listening laughing and learning something new join us for our next show and in the meantime give yourself and those you love some living room